0: Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas. Well, today is the Sunday after Earth Day. And that's the day that more than a billion people get together to try and protect the planet from things like pollution and deforestation. And in my talk um, over Easter, I mentioned the idea of global citizenship. And I think that that's quite an appropriate thing to expand on today. I said last week that we're faced not with national catastrophes, but with global catastrophes. Pandemic, climate change, selfish totalitarianism. These are problems that can only be solved from a global perspective. And I think the sooner we realize that and take up the concept of global citizenship, the better. We already have the emergence of a global consciousness through television and the internet. Uh, Many corporations are now global, and it's only a matter of time before politicians begin to think that way. And they'll only do so when we, the global citizens on the ground, demand it. I was wondering what it meant to identify as a global citizen and how it might affect our behaviour. I think the first thing that it does, it it makes us identify with the largest grouping that we can. It includes the whole planet, with all humanity, with plants and animals and the world itself. We see all people as our brothers and sisters in the human family. In fact, we see all things as part of our family, much as St Francis did when he referred to brother sun and sister moon. He was actually identifying as a citizen of the universe, which, of course, is the next stage up, and actually the, rational, the rationale for the concept of global citizenship. When you identify yourself as an intimate Part of the universe, you're really affirming the idea of the oneness of all, that we're actually all part of the universe, and we are that part of the universe which is conscious of itself. We've gone through all these spiritual rationales about this many times before here, but in essence we're saying that the universe is a complete conscious whole and that we are a part of that whole, that all is linked by the ground of all being, or you can call it God, or unitive consciousness, or primal origin. All of that links it all together, hence the idea of St. Francis' brother, sun, and sister Moon. We're intimately in relationship with all elements in the universe as they are of the same oneness that we are. There's no leap at all to go from this to say that we're all one with the planet, with the earth. And therefore, we should declare our solidarity with all beings and things that make up the earth, brother tree, sister cloud. In fact, this is an easier thing to affirm as we can clearly see the interdependence of all things from wherever we stand on the planet. As humans, we're interdependent. We're interdependent with plants, animals, and the weather. Everything that exists on our planet is intimately involved with everything else. Some years ago here at the chapel, we put forward the idea of a declaration of interdependence it went something like this, the Declaration of Interdependence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that everything is created equal, that everything is endowed by its creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life and the coexistence of all other created things. To that end, we assert that all of creation is part of one interdependent whole and that the role of humanity is to ensure that it doesn't assert its own species' rights to existence above any other species. To that end, we should attempt to cooperate with all life forms to enable a harmonious coexistence of planetary life. There is no one-person, community, race, or nation that's superior to any other race, community, or nation. And that all should attempt to live in harmony with each other. That all communities are interdependent with each other. And that sharing bounty, benefits, and problems are the only way to create a harmonious planetary existence that all communities should aim to understand how to learn from and contribute to all other communities, that the role of the individual is to develop wisdom and understanding so as to cooperate with the communities around it. That was the sort of declaration of interdependence. And it doesn't take much thought to see that there's some truth in that and also to see the arbitrariness Of things like national boundaries. By their very nature national boundaries are man-made, conceived by tribes to ensure their survival. Such national boundaries are in fact usurpations of previous national boundaries. Here in the US we have pre-existent boundaries of Native American tribes and of Mexico. In Europe Italy only existed since 1861. Germany only existed since 1871. And would you believe the United Kingdom was only formed in 1707. So you can see that what we have now is relatively recent. And looking at maps from ancient times, you know, you've got the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, the Persian, Alexander... Right the way through history, our borders have simply been ways that we've exerted power over others. And so it is today. Borders changed after the First World War and the Second World War. In fact, after all wars, after the fall of the Soviet Union, we get very wound up with our borders. But they're very arbitrary and time-sensitive, they also give politicians ways of staying in power by spuriously claiming that borders have some national relevance and are a source of pride. That lovely quote from Samuel Johnson from 1775, saying that patriotism is the last refuge of the scoundrel. The problem is that politicians make such a big deal out of both patriotism and nationalism because... It's their raison d'etre. It's their reason to be. They're important because of the things that they say are important. When in fact, all the time, the emperor has no clothes. Such issues are not really important. What is important is the fact that they make us fight wars over these boundaries. What's important is the fact that there are 62 million refugees in the world at the moment, that we are in the midst still of a global pandemic. What's important is that our planet is changing in such a way that it could become inhabitable for humanity before too long. To be a global citizen is to stand up for the whole planet, not just the bits that we think are me and mine, You know, right now, a series of bills are being discussed in Brazil that threaten to legalise illegally occupied land, change demarcation rules for indigenous reserves and open them up for mining and ease concessions inside public forests. That's happening at the moment in Brazil. As American citizens, it's not really our issue. As global citizens, it is. To be a global citizen is to see that our responsibility is not just to our family, our community, and the people that we directly identify with. To take the narrow view of self-interest is only to see as far as the horizon that's presented to us. What we don't realize is that beyond that horizon, there are peoples and places that can bring unimaginable threats if we don't act quickly. The Native American Indians could only see as far as they knew. They had no idea what destruction Europe would bring them. And it wasn't their fault. I mean, how could they know any better? It's different for us. Our world is now global. Our television, the internet, we live in a global consciousness. And yet we're not willing to take responsibility for that consciousness we see we know we feel all that there is out there yet we stubbornly cling to the identities the groupings the nationalities that we've been given and refuse to take responsibility for anything else don't look up and it will go away we know that's not true the pandemic has proved it climate change is making it very clear Dictators and bullies know this, which is why they restrict the horizons and perspectives of their people. They restrict it by censoring news, by locking down the internet, by banning social media and replacing truth with their own concepts of reality. It's as if they're creating a huge Truman show, and their whole population is Truman. And here in the US, we're we're not much better as our identities become, each of us, our identities become increasingly ghettoised through going down our own favourite rabbit holes created by others. Rabbit holes in politics, in religion, in culture, in race, in gender and creed. These ghettos are created by Leaders for their own ends, and by getting us to identify with them, we give them the power to lead us further away from the reality that's really going on in the world. By identifying as global citizens, we throw off this ghettoization, we break the Truman Show effect, and find our way into the real world where it's not ideology that's important but the fact that people are starving, homeless, in danger, subject to tyrants and dictators. We need to see that our world is not free and that there are problems that so-called world leaders are not addressing and the reason they're not addressing them is that it's not in their interest to do so and what are their interests? staying in power, keeping their particular Truman Show going, making sure that there is a heap to be had and that they are at the top of that heap. And how do they identify their heap? National boundaries, rabbit holes, however. To identify as a global citizen is to put your head above the fog and look down on our planet and the beauty that it is. That quote from the Dalai Lama again, consider yourself a tourist. Think of the world as it's seen from space, so small and insignificant, yet so beautiful. Could there really be anything gained from harming others during our stay here? Suddenly, we begin to see the ghettos from up there, the Truman shows all over the world. We see the real problems that we're facing as a planet, and we identify the real solutions that can be brought to bear. Einstein famously said, no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. And to solve the problems of the world today, we have to change our consciousness from that of self-interested nation-states to a global awareness of the inheritance that we've been given, our home, the earth, our planet. Now, this may not sound very spiritual, but I can assure you that it is. The concept of unity of consciousness is what all the great sages have been promoting for centuries. We've just taken what they've been saying and ghettoised ourselves into religion that then use the ghetto to fight other ghettos. More Truman Show behaviour. Four legs good, two legs bad. Religion is just a cultural interpretation of an experience that someone in your culture has had. St. Paul put it best. He said, just as a body, though one, has many parts, from one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized into one spirit, so as to form one body whether Gentiles or Jews, slave or free. And we're all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it wouldn't be a reason to stop being part of the body. And if the ears say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it wouldn't be a reason to stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. So St. Paul just sets out the whole thing about the body of Christ. And you've got a choice there. You can either use that to attack others and say, unless you're part of our body, the body of Christ, you're a heathen and we're going to kill you, which is what you know, we've done over the centuries, which is ghettoization. Or you can see that, in fact... This whole bit that Paul is talking about is a statement of global citizenship. That we are all a part of one body, one humanity, one consciousness, one planet, one globe. And we should jolly well behave like that. No one is excluded for any reason. To stand up and say I'm a global citizen is to identify in this way. It doesn't mean that we love our family, our community, or our country any less. It simply says that to really love our family, our community, and our country, we have to have a heart that's big enough to take in the whole world. To identify in any other way is only a partial view, and will have unexpected consequences, as it did for the Native American Indians. To have a global perspective is the responsible way to look after those we care for and their future. As Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. We just have to realize that our neighborhood is the whole planet. Amen. thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you, and if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.